This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. And I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. We're in our college classroom here at World Ministries International. I was going to say our college campus, uh, but there's much more than just uh, Christian education here. But in this building, um, we do uh, college classes. Now, today I'm going to talk about, we could title it different things. We could title it the man in you. We could title it the God in you. We could title it Jesus in you. But uh, the world needs Jesus as much today as it did when he walked the earth. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Now, in 1981... I'm going to give a testimony from Apostle John Polis. I'm going to read his testimony. He said, I had a supernatural encounter while ministering to inmates in the county jail located in the city where I lived and pastored my first church. I had conducted a Bible study to 10 inmates which followed by a powerful manifestation of the Spirit of God that was felt and heard by all present, just like the day of Pentecost. Well, that'd be a powerful manifestation. Five men were instantly filled with the Spirit and began speaking in tongues without any instruction or laying on of hands. It was amazing to say the least. Afterwards, I was asked by another inmate to pray for a friend who had a foot surgery that day and was in much pain. This man was also an inmate who had been transferred to the local hospital for the procedure and returned to his cell. The jailer was kind enough to let me into the man's cell to pray. And what followed has changed my life and understanding of God in me. Again, this is a testimony from Apostle John Polis, a friend of mine. This man was very tall and stood before me and his foot bandaged and leaning on one crutch. I looked at him and said, Jesus is going to heal you. He replied, I sure hope so, because I'm in serious pain from my bone removal. As I proceeded to touch him on the forehead and pray, I sensed the form of a man walk right through me and into this man who immediately began to pat his wounded foot, 
on the floor and declare, I'm healed. We were all shocked as the man repented of sin and received Christ as Savior on the spot. The news of what happened that night spread through the faculty, resulting in a revival that reached into the three state prisons in West Virginia. Wow. Well, that's quite a testimony. It, it reminds me a little bit of the powerful manifestations. I remember a revival in China in, in actually a uh, orphan's place where they, they keep them. People many times won't uh, adopt orphans, and so they have to build these, these homes for them. Many times we call them state homes, dormitories. And these orphans had gathered together and started to pray. And they had such faith that all of a sudden so many manifestations happened, supernatural manifestations like the day of Pentecost. And it actually sparked a revival in that part of China. Numbers 12, 5 through 8 tells us that the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. And Aaron and Miriam, the Lord called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forth. Then said he, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord myself, make known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is my faithful in all my house. I speak to him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you afraid, not afraid? Why weren't you afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now you remember Aaron and Miriam had gossiped about their brother. And here God himself chastises them. So God has a form. Because here it says that the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they were, both went forward. So, in verse 8 it says, I speak with him, meaning Moses, face to face, even plainly, not in dark sayings. So there is a form. God has a form. You know, when we were told to, we, talking about those Disciples on to this day that were told to tarry after Jesus ascended. We're all told to tarry until we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or we won't have power to represent him on earth. We have no power, no authority. In fact, we operate in our pride then and we're cowards to even witness. Not yet do signs and wonders. God said to tarry until you receive my comforter, the man in you, the form of God, God in you, Jesus in you. Another word, I believe, or description, Jesus called it a comforter. I leave with you the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus could say, I will never leave you. He's inside of you through the Holy Spirit. Through the person called the Holy Spirit, Jesus lives in you. Question is, do we release him out of us? Can he move through our hands and our feet and our eyes? Can he move with compassion on earth? The Bible says he moved with compassion. Well, for him to move with compassion through your body, you have to have intimacy with God. Is there enough intimacy where you have compassion on the lost? I was listening to Adalia, my wife, as she uh, was giving a speech on Facebook. She has this program called Time with Adalia, Fireside Chat. And she was discussing how 
some people get so callous that they can drive right by somebody in need and they don't care. They flat don't care. In Kenya, many times we see people that have amputated foots, you know, feet or legs or hands or they're lame or they're blind and they're begging and people can go right by them. They don't care. Then she brought out the illustration how Jesus held it against people when the spirit left their body to meet him in the Lord. And he says, hey, I was there and you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me. What do you mean? Well, when you see these beggars and you don't care, it's like you seeing me and you don't care. When we have no concern over those in prison. Have you ever visited an inmate in prison? Probably most people never have. Probably most people don't care. I believe that all of us are going to have something to give an account for. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I don't think none of us would live in heaven. Because too much of the time we don't care. We don't let the God in us live through us. We basically nail him back to the cross saying, stay where you're at. I don't want to move by your eyes, your hands, your feet. I don't want to move by your heart. I don't want to move with compassion. Let me be a selfish person. Jesus, when speaking about his father, also indicates that God has a shape or form. John 5, 37. And the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have never heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form. Seen his form. So Jesus even said that God has a form. You get back to what John Polis testified to, where it seemed like somebody was going right through him and into this other man, and this other man, this inmate, was healed. I found it very interesting that after he was healed, he gave his heart to the Lord. Well, I always have felt that the Holy Spirit deals with us before we're a Christian. He convicts us before we're a Christian. He goes after the prodigal son. So here he, Polis felt that a man walked right through him into this inmate. The inmate was healed and then accepts Christ. Wow. Now that's something to meditate upon. Can the Holy Spirit go into you before you accept Christ? I don't want to get into too much uh, denominational theories here. Some denominations would say no. Some denominations say you can't cast out demons any longer. And obviously, we see demons being cast out of people all over the world. Some denominations have taught their missionaries that, you know, you can't operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can't speak in tongues. You can't cast out demons. And yet they go overseas. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and they cast out demons. Some denominations say demons can't be in Christians, yet if a demon can't be in a Christian, then neither can sickness, because it's still part of the body. When Jesus rose from the dead, he did not give you a glorified body. That's where sickness resides. That's where demons reside. And I have seen many, many, many hundreds, if not thousands of Christians have demons cast out of them, especially in countries like Singapore. In fact, when I was a part of that apostolic church, led by Rick Seward, they would get 40, 50 people saved every Sunday and that Saturday they would cast demons out of them, set it up regularly. Why? Because so many of them, when they were children, were offered to the gods. If they were from India, they were offered again into the Indian gods the, in the temple, the Indian temples in Singapore. 
And many times when you cast demons out of them, uh, the form of, of manifestation of the god would come out, whether it's a monkey god, start prancing as a monkey. But uh, definitely demons were cast out of Christians. So I know some people watching this, it's going to blow their theology. But if it blows your theology, you're probably the type of person that has never seen a healing of the sick through you either. You're probably not filled with the Holy Spirit. You probably follow your denominational line and, and the rhetoric and, and uh, say it's not for today. Well, I think Jesus would be so very, very sad with that mentality and theology because he, he, he warned you, you can't do nothing really but tell stories. You don't have testimonies. You can just read the Bible. But he said very strongly, you won't be effective. You can't represent me. You won't have the courage to represent me. You won't see signs and wonders. He told you to tarry so you can represent him, so you can do greater works. Greater works. He's talking about miracles. Why greater works? Because he only did it for three years. Most people live more than three years after accepting Christ. I believe God living in me is in the form of man who walks and talks through me. The Holy Spirit. He walks and talks through me. I wrote an article called The Most Misunderstood and Maligned Man on Earth, Jesus Christ. Because some people think that Jesus wouldn't have emotions, but yet Jesus picked up a whip and drove the money changers out of the temple. That's an emotion. That's, I would call, righteous anger. Many people would call it more like sin. If you were led by the Holy Spirit and strongly rebuked somebody, would they say you're led by sin, your pride? Or would they discern if you were led by righteous anger? And I think most people can't discern the difference because there's no intimacy with God. In other words, they don't spend enough time with God to know God and be moved by the Holy Spirit to be the hands and feet and eyes of God. Jesus moved with compassion. The man in you wants to be released. He wants to move with compassion. Will you release him? Second Corinthians 6.16 What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. God wants to walk among you. He wants to walk through you. He wants to be in you. He wants the living word, the Holy Spirit, documented in written form, the Bible. The Bible was ushered in from the Holy Spirit. That's why it's infallible. God himself wrote the pages of the Bible, you could say, through other people he walked through and lived through. The apostles and prophets and the heroes of the Bible and the characters in the Bible. Jesus always moved upon his people and they did great exploits. They could do no great exploits in themselves, but it was Jesus, God in them or the Holy Spirit in them that did great exploits. It wasn't them. Billy Graham would give all glory to God for meeting with the presidents he gave. Now, some people, if they watch Billy Graham, you know, if you watch enough of his biography, you'll always see him meeting with the presidents. And some people say, oh, that's boasting. That's not boasting. That's, that's faith building. It's allowing people to see what God would do through a servant that submitted his life to God. I've had a very naive, immature pastor say that to me. He thought I was boasting when my five-minute orientation went out. Yet nobody else thought that. Nobody else thought that anywhere in the world. Why did this one immature Presbyterian pastor say it or think it? Why? 
because he doesn't move with the Holy Spirit. All he can do is read the Bible. He doesn't see testimonies that he can tell to increase people's faith. He doesn't understand the difference between faith building and just reading the Bible. On my blog, I said, if you just read the Bible, but you don't have a renewed mind, you are prone to move with a critical spirit. Think about it. If you don't have a renewed mind, a renewed mind only comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you submit your will to the Word of God and you start to walk in the truth of God in submission to the will of God because you allow your pride to daily be crucified. You can then see miracles because the God in you will be released. Jesus told stories to build up people's faith. People want to charge Paul with boasting. Paul wasn't boasting. He would say, I want all of you to move like I move. I want all of you to be able to, to meet Felix or Caesar or Pilate. I want all of you to share your faith. That's not boasting. That's telling testimonies of what God can do in you and through you if you submit your life to God. Amen? I always had my faith built when I listened to my relatives' stories. My relatives on my father's side... Most of them all were missionaries, evangelists, pastors, people like that. Apostolic, prophetic. I would love to listen to stories of my grandmother from China, Letta Hansen. And she would tell great stories. I never thought she was boasting. I thought, my goodness, I wish I had that type of faith, I would think as a little boy. I, I wish God would flow through me like that. I wish I could see miracles like that. And now I do. But that's not, she wasn't boasting. She was increasing the faith in me so the God in me could be released. Amen? That's not boasting. That's not pride. If you know anything about her, she did not have that type of pride. She sacrificed her life around the world. Pride doesn't do that. Pride is selfish. So if you see somebody that sacrifices their life and yet you say they're boasting, you know, if, if you look, if you, if you know a statement from the Titans, Remember the Titans, this undefeated high school team. There's a statement saying, you are outside your mind. And so if you think someone's boasting by telling the testimonies of Christ, you are outside your mind. Hey, get real. Again, 2 Corinthians 6.16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. If we want God to be released in us, we have to keep our temple clean. You know, what do you put into your mind? What do you put into your heart? What do you watch through your gateways? What do you listen to? The millennials are being brainwashed in the universities, schools, public schools, elementary schools. They were brainwashed before they became millennials by telling lies about evolution as a science. Evolution is not a science. You cannot prove evolution. It takes, in their own words, millions of years. Well, you don't live millions of years. How do you prove it? It's not provable because you can never, ever point and say this is from evolution. It is not. You put in a monkey and keep a monkey for a million years and after a million years, after they've had other monkeys, they still come out a monkey. If you want to talk about a leap of faith, that's a giant leap of faith. Even Darwin said on his deathbed, I never said I don't believe in God. I'm not an atheist. This is Darwin calling on a, conf a priest on his deathbed to hear his confession. Evolution is a pack of lies from people, like Romans chapter 1 says, who do not want to receive the truth of the living God. They make up their own lies 
and believe a lie out of a spirit of deceivableness. They make their religions, their ideologies, how to live without being accountable to a living God. That man in me is the Holy Spirit who is Jesus' other self. Other self. That's a quote by Oral Roberts. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' other self. I can, I can accept that. Like I said, I don't want to get too, you know, deep into theology where you want to nitpick. I can say the Holy Spirit is Jesus' other self. I don't think, uh, you know, un any one of us will ever understand the totality of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're never going to understand it. So don't nitpick it away how somebody wants to describe it. I got no problems describing it that way. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That man in me is my wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That man in me, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. The Word of God is the inspired Word of God, or the inspired Holy Spirit. The inspired Word of God was the inspired Holy Spirit documented in written form. The inspired from God himself. Everything comes from God. Everything came from God. First Corinthians 1.30 He is all in all. He is my healer, my guide, my provider, my peace, my righteousness, my holiness, my joy, and freedom. Christ is all in all. You would say, He is my husband, He is my wife. If he's given you a godly husband or wife, then he is your husband and he is your wife because God is in me. Amen? And Dahlia says a big amen. God in my husband. That's why he is so good to me, she says. In the verse, we open with Galatians 2.20. We learn the secret of Christ living in and through our lives. We must be dead to self. Fully surrounded to and intimately acquainted with him. We must have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And frankly, most Christians don't. Most Christians can only read from the Bible and tell stories. They don't have a testimony. That's why we haven't won the world, and that's why America still has a problem. Because we can read from the Bible, but we even then criticize those that do have a testimony, that do with move with the Holy Spirit. We call them boasting. Because of our own failure in the walk with God, we need to attack somebody that has success. We need to criticize them or demoralize them or dehumanize them, demonize them to justify our own pathetic walk with God. Paul said, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. This is a literal happening in our lives. Jesus Christ is risen in us as the body of Christ and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That statement has been here as long as I can remember and probably long before I was even thought of being conceived. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's such a solid truth. Jesus is the same. He doesn't change. He doesn't become gay. He doesn't become a lesbian. He doesn't become a homosexual. He doesn't become a bisexual. He doesn't have a sex operation to carry a baby. This is all abomination and blasphemy, as in the last days. Blasphemy. What we're hearing out of some people like that, if I, I just about said that clown that's on the Democratic ticket, 
He says, I'm a lesbian and I'm running for president and I'm a Christian, not lesbian, sorry, although there's a few of them too. I'm a Christian man running for president and I have a wife that's a man. What kind of utter abomination is this? It's a direct attack on Christ himself and God and the authority of God, the word of God. I mean, he is a clown if he wasn't serious, but he's an abomination, an abomination. I don't understand how you can even vote Democratic anymore. Everything they stand behind is ludicrous. It's insanity. It's communism. It's Marxism. It's, it's uh, Islam. It's uh, homosexuality. It's lesbianism. It's uh, abortion. It's everything immoral. Killing babies even right up to the point of birth and discussion of killing them after birth. How can you call yourself a Christian and vote that way? Jesus is in us as the body of Christ and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the world needs Jesus as much today as it did when he walked the earth. And he's only going to see him if he walks in you. Don't keep Jesus locked up in your body. Let him out of your body and he can live through you and touch the world again. 360-629-5248. That's my phone number. 360-629-5248. This program is totally viewer supported become a WMI partner be our part of our family partner with us God bless you thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen founder and president of World Ministries International Warning Radio is a listener supported program we need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Five two four eight. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.